the Great West College Hockey Podcast from the Summer Skate Studios is brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHAM1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. M-Drive, honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels Championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury Inns and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at druryhotels.com. University of Oklahoma Hockey. Big school, big dreams. For schedules and tickets, go to ouhockey.net. AT&T Wireless, where both new and existing customers always get our best deals. University of Arizona Hockey. Be part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort and style. University of Central Oklahoma. A top-ranked education and an elite college hockey experience. For more information, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. San Diego State Hockey, sun, sand, and hockey, as well as a top-flight education at sdsu.edu and sdsuhockey.com. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, to another episode of the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Of course, it's Wednesday night, and that's when we do this weekly show. Scott Strandy with you tonight from a very snowy and cold Loveland, Colorado. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh from that beautiful, vibrant city where I hear you had a little weather yesterday, Stephen. Oh, yes, we survived Snowmageddon here. It was, it was, it was. We had a snow, we had wind. It was cold. Power went out in some places. I was inside of an establishment when the power went out a few times. It was, it, it was quite a day on Valentine's Day. What a great way to celebrate the day of love with a little bit of snow, but. Uh, Everybody survived, I think. I don't think there was anything massive. Um, you know, I'm kidding because when, when we get snow here, it's a big deal here. It did come down pretty good for a b- period of time, but it it uh, it went away pretty fast. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's we're we're right now dealing with really cold temperatures on this side of the country, and places that are typically in snow are dealing with really uh, warm temperatures for their standards, where they're breaking records. So it's just uh, it's just a weird. Uh, you know, kind of a shift of uh, of things, but but uh, but we survived. We're okay. It's been chilly today, but but not nothing uh, nothing we can't handle. Well, I'm guessing it was far less than 33 inches of snow as they got in purgatory <laughs> overnight. A few a few a few, <laughs> a few less. And by the way, it was it was the first snowfall at Las Vegas Airport, which is now called Harry Reid Airport, on Valentine's Day since they started keeping records there in 1937. So. Uh, wow. it, uh, snow is rare here in Vegas, and for it to snow in 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 the in the city itself, whether whatever amount it is, it's even more rare. So, um, but when yeah, that it, rarity happens, Stephen, it happens in February for some reason. Because I remember a few years ago when there was a, a hockey tournament going on up there. I think it was a women's tournament, and uh, it snowed up there pretty good too. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right, and I think I remember uh, when I was working more closely with UNLV hockey. I went on some of the road trips. I think when we had left, we were leaving to go to Colorado. It was the end of the season. I think it was end of February. And I think we were delayed leaving out of Vegas the, the Wednesday night or something because it was snow. It was snowing. So I, I yeah, something about getting a little bit of snow in, in February, which I guess can happen. I remember some significant snow. I was still in, in, uh, in, well, in high school, but it was uh, in December that the, in 2008. And then, We've had a couple in the snow, so every once in a while we'll get some snow. But, but, but the people on the East Coast uh, won't won't feel too sorry for us because uh, 
they get they get a lot more throughout the year. So well, so does Colorado. But every time I come here, and this unexpected snow, and it wasn't unexpected this time. They predicted it for weeks uh, that the storm was coming, and it hit. Um, probably not as bad as it could have been, obviously. And up here in Loveland, this the north end of Colorado did not get as nearly as bad as the south and southwest. So I am hoping that tomorrow will be a a drive day. That will be uninhibited, but you never know. We'll find out because it's a long is, drive is back it, to Arizona. As I say, is is that the Scott on the Move day? <laughs> yeah, Scott on the Move day, and all kinds of things happen in our life here. My daughter uh, went into labor this afternoon, so oh, wow. another grandchild coming uh, either tonight or tomorrow. I'm guessing. Wow! Congratulations and, uh, to that. And then somebody, somebody that's on this show right now has a, a is going to be going another turn around the sun here coming up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we'll have made it one I've made it a, another year so yeah that's coming up on Friday by the way uh, <laughs> so if you want to send your gifts to, to Scott yeah. please do yes please do please, although we please. don't know where he's at sometimes he's in Arizona sometimes he's in it, Colorado so it's hard to find him but <laughs> if you like it just go to the show and, and donate all you want because we'll take all of it anyway <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> anyway so we have things to talk about tonight uh, we will have Nick Raboni I think sometime today uh, he is driving and will try to call us when he has a connection. I said, you're welcome anytime between uh, 4.15 Pacific and 4.45 Pacific. Then I will bounce out of here and drive the five miles up to, uh, or five miles, five minutes up to uh, the uh, Budweiser Event Center where I will see the Bakersfield Condors and, of course, the Colorado Eagles tonight. Uh, the Eagles are on a losing streak, and I, I told Kevin McGlue, the, the PR guy there, I said, uh, I will uh, try to bring a, a little good luck to you tonight. Good karma. Yeah, yeah. Give give them a little good karma there. They were here in Vegas uh, or in Henderson a uh, couple of weekends ago before the All-Star weekend, and they were able to get a couple of wins out of here. Henderson's been kind of up and down this year. They've mostly been down. But uh, Bakersfield, on the other hand, had been struggling, but they've now kind of turned things around and it's starting to get a little bit hot. Um, so they're making a push. So, uh, it's it's going to be uh, a good game for you, and and uh, and Bakersfield is is getting is improving, and then Colorado's kind of trying to turn things around and and kind of stay where they are, either in third or even try to get improve upon that. But the top two teams in in that division, I think, are going to be there at the at the end of the season. Coachella and Calgary both doing very well. Yeah, both playing really well. Don't seem to miss a beat. They just kind of keep on rolling, if you will. Um, so. Anyway, that's what's happening on the AHL side of things. But this um, is ACHA stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there's great things happening in the ACHA, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we'll have Nick on to talk about uh, the, the best team in the WCHL currently, which is the UNLV Rebels. Talk about some of the games they played recently and some that you've been to and get his thoughts on that. We also have the rankings to talk about. So we'll, uh, we'll get into that here um, and kick things off. And then... There were some rosters announced today, Stephen. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, that was exciting to see. We we know that April is going to be coming up here pretty soon, and obviously we we talked about on the show a month or so ago when this was all being announced about the um, World Cup. Uh, what is it called? The World Cup of University Hockey? No, World Cup. World of Cup of Hockey. World yep. Cup of Hockey. Yep. Uh, for Team Canada, Team USA, the ACHA fielding players for both those teams and uh it's going to be uh it's good there's some teams that we focus closely on in the wchl that will be involved uh in that on for both teams so that's exciting which means uh, that'll give us uh, another two two or three weeks of material to talk about in april after the acha tournament is over we're not gonna we're not gonna be on location there in romania it's not in our not in our budget as of yet <laughs> but uh but we'll cover we'll talk about it from afar <laughs> right and i think we've got a few connections there with uh, gary Astalis and yes. michael rivera and um jeremy the time Law. difference we'll have to figure out the time difference between here and romania if we get anybody yeah, from we're romania gonna, during we're those gonna times. sleep you know we're gonna sleep so they're gonna have to talk while they're sleeping or whatever i don't know <laughs> we'll get back to that might okay, have to do so a podcast let, after dark or something <laughs> before nick comes on let's uh let's get into this uh ranking number 15 we're getting down to the wire now it's just a couple more weeks of rankings and then we'll know the field we already know one team do we know a second team yet has there been another qualifier i don't think so no, 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 no other qualifiers yet. Just other, other than Navy qualifying in their, in their, uh, 
in their league, uh, in the ECHA, uh, Naval Academy, so they'll be in. But we've got still the College of Hockey Mid-America, which will be a playoff champion. We've got the Great Lakes Collegiate Hockey League, which will be a playoff champion. So that'll be, I think, the final week. It's not this weekend, but the following weekend is going to be the final weekend of games that count for uh, for the rankings. Uh, so a lot, of the, a lot of these playoff playoffs will take place that that last week uh midwest college hockey uh still gonna have a, a champion playoff champion the northeast collegiate hockey league playoff champion and then the the wolverine hosier athletic conference will be a playoff champion western collegiate hockey league which we're in or which the, you know which we focus a lot on of course is, is the as a regular season champion so that'll be determined then and then the uh east chl will be a regular season champ so there'll be no playoff there but uh a lot of these, a lot of these uh, uh, divisions and, and, and stuff will be teams that are currently in the top twenty-five. If it plays out that way, there could be a team that's not in that right now that makes a run and seals a bid. But for the most part, the teams that end up winning these playoffs are probably going to be teams that are already in the t- in the top eighteen or so. So it shouldn't it shouldn't do anything to really affect auto bids or anything, or shouldn't, affect, change, or, or, or shouldn't, shouldn't shake things up too much. Shouldn't shake too, things up too badly. <laughs> but right now. The 19th and the 20th seeded teams would be uh, would be kicked out if we if we based off of what teams are right now. So, um, so yeah, so it's getting close. It's the final two weeks. This is this is really exciting because we've got there's a there's a push for the the uh, the tournament. Then uh, then there'll be the the season will end, and then there'll be you know the few weeks leading up to the ACHA tournament. Then the ACHA tournament takes place in Boston, and all systems go. We we're going to be boots on the ground there covering that, and then and then we can kind of. We can kind of decompress after all that because that's a lot of hockey in that week span. Oh, you you will decompress. I won't. I'll move right on to the NCAA regionals, the NCAA Frozen Four. Then it'll be AHL well, hockey. I'll, and I'll AHL decompress Boston. for like a couple of days because I'll get back from get back from Boston, and then we'll, I'll be grinding in with AHL and NHL stuff to finish off the regular season yeah, stuff. But. That's correct. Okay, let's jump into this thing just in case yes. we get Nick early. Um, Okay, Minot State holds down the number one spot, 22-1-0, followed by Adrian, 25-2-2. UNLV, 23-0, and and was 23-0. Ohio, 25-5-1. Central Oklahoma, 24-7-1. Liberty, 13-9-1. Indiana Tech, 29-2-1. Jamestown, 17-6-0. Maryville 16 9 and 0 and Grand Valley State 29 6 and 0. I'm not even going to jump on the computers. It's getting a little bit better. We're yeah, seeing no, some no need to jump on the computers. Uh, <laughs> let me just because I, I just want to mention that because this is important that uh, you know just kind of where teams jumped or, or jumped down. Uh, so really the the change from last week to this week from the top ten that you just read is UNLV and Ohio switched spots. Uh, UNLV went two and zero this past week. They won both their games against Arizona, so uh, they moved up to number four. Ohio went down, which uh, you know I, I I looked at their games and they won they won their games they won qu- quite handily. But I guess I guess it depended again on the um, the, the type of competition they played and everything. Again, uh, the, the wonderful computer determined that. Um, and then might be getting on might be the trying to convert over to your side here scott maybe <laughs> rag on the computer here that's well, that's your job okay. here. here here's the thing well, uh when you look at the top three steven it's 22 with yes. one loss 25 with two losses 20 20 with three losses yeah um so to me that's justified um 25 and 24 yes obviously more wins but also more losses so i i get those two in ohio and central oklahoma well, um well and the other thing too with uh, central oklahoma jumped over liberty so now central oklahoma's number five Liberty dropped down to number six. Still, though, you got Indiana Tech, who's twenty nine two and one, is its number seven. So you know you kind of look at those two records between Liberty and Indiana Tech. Uh, but uh, but yeah, and then Jamestown stayed the same, and then Maryville and Grand Valley State swapped spots. Even though Maryville lost to a Division two team uh, the other night uh, this this past week, but they were able to to rebound from that and and they actually moved up a spot. So guess <laughs> go figure that. But uh, so yeah, so that's uh, so nine. So some teams kind of swap with each other, but pretty much the top ten teams to stay the top ten. A couple change positions, but um, as well, I said, as I said last week, it's probably not going to be too much uh, shaking around when it comes to the top ten between now and the uh, the final poll comes out at the end of the month. No, I, I think the only thing that might change is the positioning. I think teams will pretty much stay there. 
um, one now the top 10, four, no matter where they go. But now that Ohio, four, Ohio, Central Oklahoma, Liberty—I mean, that's important because you go from being one through four to being five through twelve, which is you know the difference in how the how you're bracketed and stuff. So, um, so I mean, the top four didn't change from last week, except as I said, you know, in Ohio swap spots, Liberty and Central Oklahoma swap spots, but it didn't matter so much for you know it would matter if let's say Central Oklahoma got past Ohio. Because that a four dropped to five. I mean, that's a big difference if you're the top four and then five through twelve, and then you can. And then of course, there's the chunk that's thirteen through twenty. But so it's kind of broke down into three segments. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, the only thing, like I always say, is I, I like to see teams be rewarded for wins. And when there's a sixteen win discrepancy between two teams, uh, between actually three teams, because Grand Valley State also has uh, twenty nine wins. When you have twenty nine wins, I think you should be a little higher in the rankings. I don't care who you played. It, it's tough to win hockey games and college hockey these days at the NCAA or ACHA level. And I just think that that has to be rewarded a little bit more, but you know, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. We don't got time for that. Cause we got Nick coming on here a little bit and we got to talk uh, about one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in all of ACHA hockey and doing it at the right time. Okay. 11 Pittsburgh, 17, six and three, Illinois state, 24, five and two at 12. 13 is Niagara, 26 and 1. Uh, Lawrence Deck is number 14 at 24, 4 and 2. The Arizona Wildcats, 14, 9 and 4, hold down the 15 spot. Calvin at 16 at 18, 6 and 3. The Utah Utes, 15, 10 and 1, have number 17, Stephen. They are hanging on by the thinnest of margins to maybe the last spot in the tournament. Um, and then Stony Brook, 15, 8, and 3 is number 18. Arizona State, 15, 13, and 1 he is number 19. And Indiana, Pennsylvania is 21 at 6. Uh, I'm sorry, is 20 at 21, 6, and 0. Um, when you look at that group, Stephen, is there is there going to be a lot of fluctuation or is it going to more be who uh, who avoids the, uh, the Grim Reaper, if you will, with the uh, auto bids? You know, I I really don't know. And look at the the that segment that you've read. The the really the only change from last week to this week. Uh, we'll mention that uh, Lawrence Tech moved up a spot. They were 15. They're now 14. Arizona, even though they lost two games this past week to UNLV because they beat Arizona on the Wednesday, uh, they beat them pretty handily. Then the Friday, uh, Arizona game, State, get that right. Arizona, or Paul will be all over you. <laughs> Arizona beat Arizona State on Wednesday. What did I say? You said Arizona beat Arizona. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, they could, yeah, they beat themselves. Yeah, that, that wouldn't work, would it? Yeah, Arizona beat uh, a, uh, Arizona State. Uh, so I think I was trying to say ASU. Maybe it just came out of me. I was saying a, a, Arizona. I don't know. But. That's all right. We know what you meant. Or at least <laughs> yes. I did. At least I didn't mess up the uh, the, the Oklahoma situation like I did one, one time. But uh, but now they play in the same location. So. Yeah, so they're always in Edmond at Arctic Ice. <laughs> Yes. Um, anyway, so uh, Arizona actually moved up uh, a spot, and I was talking with Chad Berman a little bit before Saturday's game, just kind of getting a pulse on his team and everything when they were here in town, and and he was just kind of waiting to see where they would be. And maybe now that they're in 15, maybe they feel a little bit more comfortable about maybe starting to make plans to be at the tournament uh, because they only have two games left on their schedule, and it's both against uh, Arizona State. So Arizona State's kind of been – They've been okay. They've been they're good to start the year, but they've been kind of so-so lately. So, you know, if they they win those games next weekend, not this upcoming weekend, the week next weekend, uh, they probably are going to be in. So and it's, it's weird because they're fourteen nine and four, but but they're in. So they they moved up a spot. Uh, the Friday game because I think they kept it close. I think helped them. Saturday was a little bit of a of a different situation. It was I guess it ended up not being too bad goal differential wise. Uh, which matters, and I asked Chad Berman about that because there was a, there was a point in the game on Friday where uh, UNLV was up by a couple of goals. It was like four to two at that point, and Arizona had a power play. They had a, a long a long power play, I think it was, because UNLV was getting some penalty trouble, which they tend to do at times. And uh, and they the, Arizona had to play down at UNLV's ice, and I was standing there watching, and the goaltender was never coming out. And I was thinking, well, well, you know, why wouldn't you want to pull the goaltender try to get back in this game? And so then I I just asked Chad about that the next day. I said, you know, I said you're down a couple of goals, and then he was talking about the goal differential thing that that he's more conservative with the goaltending in that situation because uh, that matters. And so I think you know they didn't want to make it a empty net barrage where they give up two or three empty net goals and all of a sudden a 4-2 game turns into a 7-2 game and it looks worse in the computer's eyes. So 
you know, so I mean that 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 mattered. So, but you know, at the same time, you could have tried to make it a little bit closer. So it was always kind of the the picks and valleys. But it, it turned out well for them because they did move on. And I guess that's at the end what you would hope for. And you know, and and UNLV is a good team. And you know, they they did okay. I mean, they 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 lost both games. But I think you know, the Friday game they were uh, they were in the game. They scored the first goal of the game. Then they gave up two late goals at the end of the first period you know, towards the last three or four minutes, and then they give up two more goals kind of in the first three or four minutes of the second period. So if you kind of erase that five-minute segment between the end of the first and the beginning of the second, you know, it, it was, you know, it was a little bit of a different story. But, but you know, so but then Saturday was just kind of got a little out of hand at times. But anyways, but yeah, so Arizona stayed where they are or they moved up a spot, so good good for them. Uh, Calvin moved down a couple spots, so... Um, you know they're kind of now more on the on the bubble. The one that's intriguing is Utah. I mean that's the one I'm going to be real intrigued by because now they don't have any more control over anything. They don't have any more games left on their schedule. They were supposed to play San Diego State at home, which wouldn't be really much of anything because San Diego State's not a good team. So I don't think you really would got rewarded too much for that. So maybe it's a good thing they don't play San Diego State because uh, you know if if, they, if those games end up being close or something, it might hurt their stock in the rankings. So. You know, but they won two games against Oregon, so they got two more wins. So they finish at 15, 10, and one, and and at, they're at 17 right now. So they're just going to be sitting and waiting uh, to see what happens. Right now, they would be in, but uh, again, two more weeks of games. Other teams are going to play still. That could be good for Utah because other teams maybe will that are around them will lose, so that makes it better for them. Or other teams might have really good weekends and will jump leap them. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting two weeks for Utah. Uh, coming down the stretch here, but well, let me, be... let me let me put this in perspective here. Um, in Utah's position, they're like I said, they're hanging on to the thinnest of margins. They can only afford to have a couple, maybe two uh, auto bids uh, in order to keep their spot. But who who around them um, could they jump? Because when you look immediately in front of them, it's Calvin, eighteen six and three. Uh, ahead of them is Arizona, fourteen nine and four. Uh, Lawrence Tech, 24, 4, and 2. I, I don't think they're going to jump in. If you ask me how, how many more spots they can jump up, maybe they can pass Calvin if Calvin maybe somehow slips up over the next little few weeks. Or get a, you know, but I, I, okay, so, I, I'm more concerned about – I'd be more concerned about Stony Brook, Arizona State, the Indiana, Pennsylvania, some of those teams that are kind of below them getting really hot and maybe maybe somehow getting – jumping up to into Utah's position or, you know, bumping them down. I, I don't so, know if Utah, because they don't have any games left, so they can't control anything. Now they just got to sit and wait and see how other teams around them do. It's conceivable they could still pass Calvin. Maybe Arizona if they slip up, but I, I just don't see Arizona slipping up the final two games against uh, ASU. So, I mean, that, uh, I, and then Stony Brook, I don't, maybe, you know, with those, I, I, I mean, if you're Utah, I'm more concerned about staying where you are at least, because right now 17, I, I would say would be, you would be in because I just don't see four auto bids taking the 17, 18, 19, and 20 of spots. You're probably going to see a couple, maybe three auto bids if, if some, things ha some crazy things happen with some conference tournaments. But I just don't see 17, I think would be, you would be in uh, without, you know, with, you would be in. And so Utah would be in. So I, I don't I don't know if they can get any higher. Um, maybe the only team well, they could they could jump would be Calvin. Here's but, what I want to ask you though. Uh, okay. And this 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 ties into the WCHL, obviously. Arizona Arizona State played two games. Um, what happens if Arizona State defeats Arizona handily in two games? I, I know it's a big hypothetical, but if that were to happen, uh, would that be enough to move? Utah up, or would it move Arizona State up? Would they jump Stony Brook and Utah? Yeah, I, you know, I. That's a good question. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you, yeah. I mean, it could happen. I mean, I guess, I guess theoretically, uh, it could. They could still jump Arizona. That's why I said that it's. Pro it could be a good because last year Utah had a couple of games. They had to play it to kind of maybe try to win and get in, and they ended up splitting that, and I think that hurt them. You know, this year they don't have any more games left, so there's no opportunity for them to win. But there's also not an opportunity for them to maybe lay an egg and and lose a really game that they needed to to win, to, which would hurt them. So that, in a way, and it's kind of weird to say that because you you do want to play games and you want to 
have a chance to get in. But Utah, maybe best opportunity is not to to play any more games. <laughs> I mean, because well, the I mean, one it, thing it's, we it's know big, is it's a big gamble because you don't have any way to control your destiny. But let's say you did have a couple more games left on your schedule, and you had to play another, you had to play another uh, a good team or you know a decent team, and and you end up losing one of those games. Well, now you you want to you know or lose both of the games, then your record's even worse than it is right now. So the flip side of that is you don't have a chance to maybe upset a, a really good team and help your stock too. So there, there's, there's benefit, there's, there's positive and negatives to both situations, but well, I guess, I guess what I'm throwing out there is this scenario, and this would really be a, a tough break for Utah because they don't have those two extra games to play right now. Um, let's, let's say that did happen. Arizona state uh, defeats Arizona twice and uh, does it handily, so to speak, and they move up. And, and let's say Arizona slips down to uh, 16, and Arizona State jumps over Stony Brook, and Utah and ends up at 17. Um, now you could have Arizona, Calvin, Arizona State as the top three teams or the last three teams in, if you will, if, in fact, there are three auto bids. So I think that's an interesting thing to look for. I think the series between Arizona and Arizona State is really going to affect all three teams, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. And, and and Arizona State still has two games with UNLV this weekend in Arizona at Oceanside. So that's could make it that could factor that could factor too. And see uh like I said Arizona State has two games left with with UNLV this weekend in Arizona and then they have the two games in Tucson against uh Arizona. So it's uh it's going to be so Arizona State will still have some some games this weekend to and as good as UNLV's been, Arizona State could be going into next weekend at, at 15, 15 and one. Maybe they maybe they get a shocking split with UNLV. Uh, it can happen. It's it's a tough environment to play in. So, and, and UNLV also keep in mind is gonna is gonna make up a game or it's gonna finish a game that they was suspended early in the season at Grand Canyon. That's gonna happen on Thursday at uh, at, at GCU there, and then Friday Saturday they'll play at Oceanside. So. If anything, maybe Arizona State could benefit maybe on a three and three kind of thing. UNLV having to play an extra, well, they won't play a full game. They'll pick up, I think, from where the game was suspended at, but they'll uh, they'll have to play three straight days. So, uh, you know, Arizona State may maybe can get the benefit of that and and, and somehow get a, a split out of the weekend with UNLV. But uh, it, it, we could look at next weekend and and again because of the way the computers, if the games are close, that might still help Arizona State, but it also could hurt Arizona State because. They could be at 15, 15, and 1. And that's you're looking at a team that's at 500 and still in the mix for the conversation for the national tournament. But the way the, the rankings are done, I mean, it's it's a very well, real possibility. But it's also the teams below that could pass them too. So it's uh, we'll have to see how, how it shakes out this weekend. But but I think uh, we'll know a lot more, I think, when we see these games play out this weekend with, with UNLV going to Arizona State and uh, for Arizona – not playing this weekend they'll they'll play next weekend against uh arizona state but then okay, arizona well, state so yeah it's going to be but it's going to be interesting to watch over the next couple of weeks which is going to be exciting well let's not mess around because we've got uh the associate head coach from unlv joining us right now who i think still is one of the hottest if not the hottest team in acha uh d1 hockey and that's the uh university of nevada las vegas skate and wrestling nick raboni is joining us nick steven and scott with you how are you Hey guys, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. Did you yeah, survive you... the Did you survive the snowstorm we had yesterday? Oh, I stayed inside. That's for sure. <laughs> I heard that was rough. I'm in Colorado right now, Nick, and it's nasty up here. <laughs> well, you know, whatever you did, it got sent our way. <laughs> I think it's the other way around, man. I think you guys sent it to me up here. But anyway, I'm on my way back to Arizona. You guys have another big weekend of hockey games. Tell us a little bit about what you expect. Uh, this week? Well, it's a good test for us coming up before Nationals. We play two great teams in GCU and, and ASU. So for us to be able to play three games in three days and hopefully come out with six points, I mean, that's essentially what you have to do at Nationals as well. So um, I think that this is a good, uh, like I said, a good tune-up for us heading into March. Uh, but we got business to take care of versus GCU and ASU, both, both very, very Yeah, and you guys have to 
finish a game from earlier in the season with GCU. So my my inclination is that you guys will pick up the game where it was suspended, right? So that won't be, the game was already had was already had started, and you guys will just go in there and and, and finish it from that point on, right? Yes. So I know that's an interesting thing. Yeah, we're going to start at one nothing with about 10 minutes to go in the first period, and we'll actually be killing the penalty to start the game as well. So never experienced this before, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it's first time for everything. Yeah, so how do you kind of gauge that? So you're going to start the game, you'll start the game already in progress, and you guys will be on a on a penalty kill. So that is there anything that you had to do extra, uh, anything you did uh, extra in practice uh, this week to kind of prepare for that situation that you're going to go into a game, you're going to have to be a man down to start it and then pick up, you know, where the game left off. Well, we do. We actually always do kind of, um, you know, small area games where we all put one team up, one nothing, or one team up, down, one nothing. And um, sometimes we'll play games where we're situational stuff and we'll play five on five with one team up, one nothing. So I think that uh, we'll do, we did little things like that this week. But other than that, preparation stays the same. Okay, Nick, tell us a little bit about the, the way things have materialized down the stretch. I mean, we, we talked a lot about the beginning of the year on paper. You guys just look like the team to beat all year long. And then, uh, you know, you got to go on the ice and play the games. And all of a sudden we get towards the, the holiday time and you go on this nice run uh, before the break, after the break. And now you're kind of continuing it on. What's been different this year or has there been anything different? You know, it's yearly similar, honestly, to last year in terms of us getting hot at that time of the year and then, um, you know, kind of pushing forward into the start of the semester as well. Um, but uh, every year is a little bit different. I mean, this group of guys is, is, is another great group. They're really close on to end off the ice, similar to last year, which I think is super important for us. Um, but uh, I think, uh, you know, we had a wake-up call versus Utah, too, and similar to last year, I think we, we dropped one versus ASU last year. Um, around this time as well. So it's it's something that, um, you know, our guys need every now and then. You need to be able to get pushed. And I think uh, every team is gunning for you when, when you're the top of the, the standings in our league, especially. Um, and then all these teams are also gunning to try and make nationals. So, you know, we're, we're their only option to kind of get there by, by trying to knock us off uh, at this point. Okay, I've dropped the gloves a couple of times with computers, uh, Nick. I don't know if you've heard any of those on the podcast, both NCAA and ACHA, but I think things are starting to level out, at least in the ACHA end of things. You look at Minot State, Adrian, yourselves, Ohio, Central Oklahoma, Liberty uh, in the top six. Um, when you look at that, and I know you want to win every game, but um, does it seem kind of the right order, if you will? we got a 22-1-0 team, a 25-2-2 and team. Then you guys at 23 and 0, and then 25, 5 and 1, 24, 7 and 1. Does that all seem to kind of balance out in your mind that, that the computer is getting it right for seeding? Because we all know how important one through four is. I think so. I think, um, you know, the, the top, you know, five, six teams could, can probably switch uh, one way or the other anyway. Um, but uh, obviously being in that top four is, is crucial and get that extra day off. And it's one of our main goals um, throughout the year. So I think at this point in the year, though, you know, it's uh, it's a little steady um, as opposed to when the rankings first come out. You know, everybody's kind of all over the place. Um, but at this point in time, there's been enough data that's been inputted. You've seen enough games. And I think that they've gotten it right from from here on. Okay, so Nick, let me let me ask you this because I, I saw the, both the games this past weekend, and you guys did a pretty good job with with Arizona. But you know the the one thing the one thing that that I've seemed to notice is, is at times is that is that the guys seem to get really into the game, which is which is great, but they they take a lot of penalties that probably aren't uh, the most uh, necessary. How do you feel like that that side of the game is is where you guys are are at right now with with trying to try to stay out of the box as much as possible because uh, I think Arizona hung around because of the fact that you guys had a lot of uh, penalties uh, get taken on your guys' team. Oh, we talk about it a lot in the locker room. Really, the only team that we believe that can beat us is ourselves. Um, so, you know, if we don't take those penalties in those Arizona games, I think that the second game could be really been six, seven, eight, nothing, um, you know, but it's, it's uh, 
our mistakes on that end. And that's things that we have to clean up as a staff and um, the discipline has to get better. Um, you know, you're, you're one penalty away from getting knocked off in nationals. And I think that that was what happened to us last year. And so these guys need to make sure that we learn from our mistakes moving forward. Um, you know, especially in tight games. I and mean, it's different when, when the game's a little bit out of, out of reach, you know, you can afford to do those things, but when it's tight. That's the difference between winning and losing in playoff. And it's kind of a fine line because, as you said, the team is really close, and they if something happens on the ice to maybe a fellow teammate, the, it's, I think it's sometimes natural that you, you want to come in and defend the other player, and sometimes that's necessary. But, but sometimes it's a matter of knowing the situation of the game, right, knowing that you guys – that the team is up by a certain amount of goals, that the game is the way the game is going, and, and knowing that you you don't always need to like go and you know revenge the, the situation with the other player that maybe you feel like was was wrong or something. Oh, you're hundred percent right. I mean, it's um, you're you know you're battling human nature, right? That's uh, kind of like our motto this year is um, you know you're doing the easy things or doing the things that that come to the top of mind, and, and being reactive is. Um, something we're prone to as humans. And I think that if you, the more that you can fight that urge, uh, the better off your team's actually going to be. So we've got to do a better job of, of battling that human nature. Nick, I want to ask you this. And uh, I talked with Coach Carl about this this weekend and uh, them being the national champions of NCAA hockey and you guys being right up near the top uh, of uh, ACHA hockey. And now with Lindenwood moved on, um, there needs to be a new champion. There will be a new champion crowned in Boston or Marlboro. But uh, as a coach in this situation, uh, it, it seemed to me, and I told Coach Carl this, it seemed to me like a, a weight was finally lifted off their back this last weekend because they'd been wearing this target all year where they were getting everybody's best. And all of a sudden, they seem like they turned this corner where they said, what? Go ahead. Give us all your best. We'll take it anyway. And I kind of look at your team being the same way. You're, you're getting everybody's best shot every night. You brought it up earlier about how teams are trying to get into the national tournament by, by trying to upset you or oust you. So um, is there a point in the season or was there ever a point in the season where you kind of said, you know what, go ahead, just, just give us your best shot and we'll take it. Yeah, and I think um, you know we look at it from the from the reverse side now, right? We we get a chance to kind of almost end these team seasons. I mean, and that's that's sweet too. I, I mean, sounds bad, but it's the truth. Uh, you know, if we can go in there and get six points this weekend, uh, and then Grand Canyon comes to us, I mean, you know, you win all those games, you're you're almost ending both of those team seasons, and then that's what you're doing at the national tournament. So you got to have that killer instinct, and, and that's something that uh, we have an opportunity to do here. Over the you know, two weeks and then moving into nationals too. So um, like you said, you're going to get everybody's best shot, but at the same time we have opportunities to, to do big things as well. So we have to match them every time we're on the. Let me follow that up real quickly. If I can about um, just from the coach's standpoint at this point, you've been to a few national tournaments. Now, you know what it's about. You battled to the, the bitter end um, last season, you know um, what it takes to, I think get to the championship game and to win a national title. So, how has that changed your coach, coaching philosophy between you and Anthony, or has hasn't it really? It's still the same philosophy. It's just uh, more experience, maybe. I think more experience for sure. Um, you know, just how we approach these last few weeks. Um, you know, maybe we should, you know, we get a got to get a pulse for the team, right? And sometimes you got to shorten up practices or change up a plan a little bit, maybe even on the ice, and just kind of see how how things are going to feel it out. But uh, also I think as, as a staff, we kind of understand how, like I said, the special teams is just, it's, it's crucial. You, you know, you have to be clicking on your power play and your penalty kills got to be good. Um, and then, and then defense, I think that everything gets tighter in, in at the national tournament. And even in these, in these games that we're going to play this weekend, I, I know that they're going to be tight games. And so, you know, we feel if, if we can hold teams to two goals or less, we like our, our chances and, use the motto you know play hard defend harder and we'll continue to use well and part of part of being able to hold teams to two goals or less is is the goaltending uh what well, i call it a tandem but it's really a, a trio that you have there because you're able to kind of cycle through between three really good goaltenders uh but certainly wixen and and uh, pavelson are at the top of that um how 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 much have they been key to your guys' success this year just even benedetto vince benedetto having the three of them being able to to use them all at different times and not having to tax one particular goalie over an, another too.
Oh, did we lose Nick or is he on mute? Oh, Guys, there he gotcha. is. Um, yeah, I mean, they're all phenomenal goalies. And one thing they all do really well is play the puck. So when you have a goalie that can play the puck well on, on entry, or I'm sorry, on when other teams dump the puck in and we get into our defenseman's hands, we can play how we want to play, which is fast. So I think, um, you know, you have guys that uh, are confident and, and stopping the outside shots. And I think our D do a really good job of taking away any backdoor chances and odd man rushes. Um, so we try and make their life easy. And when we can do that, we, we know that they're going to go out and do their job. Um, but all three of them, great goalies, great kids, love having them on, on, on this roster. And um, they've been the backbone of our team for, you know, last year and this and speaking of that, we were going to get into this at some point in the show, but uh, the World Cup of Hockey rosters were announced for both the United States and Canada, and those two, two of the goaltenders, Wixson and Pavelson, are both going to be representing U.S. and Canada. So how uh, how nice is it for them to get that recognition and that they're going to be able to, to, to take part of that in April over there in Romania uh, coming up? It's an honor. Um, you know, unfortunately, we had, we had some other guys that were selected as well, but finances just didn't work out um but uh for those guys to be able to get the opportunity to go over there and, and compete for their countries and represent the acha and our program we couldn't be happier um it's uh it's a really really great event and um i think that it'll be nick let me ask you this too and i know that uh you're you're traveling at the moment so uh we'll uh, we'll let you go uh, after this but um, I just want to get a feel as well for the fundraising part of things because I know you guys do a great job of fundraising all season long and certainly in the off season. But you got another big fundraiser coming up in uh, preparation for the trip out to Boston, which is not going to be a cheap trip, by the way, um, because you know Stephen and I are going to be there and we love lobster rolls. But <laughs> anyway, give us a little uh, clue in on this fundraiser coming up again that you do annually now. Well, you're right. It's definitely going to be a, it's a pricey one for us heading from Vegas to Boston on uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend. I'm not sure uh, what geniuses picked that one. but um, <laughs> yeah, That was, that was that. smart on their part to, to pick a, a trip to Boston on St. Patrick's Day weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for us, I mean, it's fundraising is a necessity year-round, but the gala is um, kind of a step up from our national send-off party from last year. It's going to be a bit more formal. Um, you know, we'll have president of the Vegas Golden Knights there. Um, we're going to have some local celebrities as well. Just an opportunity for us to kind of, um, you know, get all of our big donors and boosters in one room and, and talk a bit about the program, provide an update of everything. Also, a, a vision of the program as well. I think um, anytime you can do that, and we have some, some great auction items to some exclusive golf courses here in Las Vegas and Couple, two couple night stays at uh, some beautiful resorts here. Um, there's going to be some some fun stuff there. And I think, um, you know, it's something that our fans look forward to as well. Um, but it's an exclusive event. You know, we can only sell 85 tickets. And, uh, you know, we're excited to, to have the people there and be able to represent uh, UNLV again at the, at the national tournament, um, barring any unforeseen circumstances. Yeah, and I know that the Golden Knights just had a, a gala the, the, on Monday, and it was pretty successful and obviously was well attended, and, and the players and, and everybody involved with the Golden Knights enjoyed that. And I think they raised a lot of money there, and so hopefully you guys can get that sort of same excitement uh, for, for you guys with, with your gala and, and maybe kind of doing some similar aspects to how they, they did theirs. Or I mean, I'm, I'm guessing there would be some sort of elements. There'll be a dinner, and there'll be, as you said, celebrities, and you know, other people will be making appearances. Yeah, exactly. You know, we'll have our auction here and we'll, we'll have uh, a dinner, obviously, for everybody, a cocktail hour, um, the whole shebang. It's going to be a fun. Okay, uh, that's Nick Raboni joining us. Nick, I, I will tell you that um, uh, College Hockey West has uh, initiated an independent cup for our NCAA teams. We have five now that uh, are playing and kind of competing uh, at the end of the season at the NCAA level. So, let us know when you want you guys want to be number six, okay? Oh, you know, we're ready when you are. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Nick Raboni on the way to uh, to Arizona to do uh, a three games in three nights stretch. We appreciate it, Nick. Thank you. Um, Steven, let's take a quick break. Let's come back and uh, let's dig into uh, a little bit of this uh, World Cup of Hockey. We'll be right back. Championship pedigree, world-class coaching, 
first-class facilities are all a part of the ACHA experience at Adrian College. The Bulldogs look to raise their third national championship banner in the last five years at Arrington Ice Arena, one of the best facilities in all college hockey. Get a big school hockey feel with all of the educational advantages of a private education. For more information, go to adrianbulldogs.com or adrian.edu. Hello fans, my name is Hunter Mazzillo and I'm number 26 for the UNLV Skate and Rebels and you're listening to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice, as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. If your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong, see if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for the next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with favorite player's name number, summer skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. When you put on that Central Oklahoma Broncos jersey, you represent a championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. Two-time ACHA M1 National Champions, four-time WCHL champions, and named a Best in the West College by U.S. News and World Report, UCO hits all of the benchmarks for an elite college hockey experience. Our Edmond, Oklahoma campus, which is just minutes from downtown Oklahoma City, has over 100 areas of study and over 200 student organizations to help you find your fit. Whether it's our stunning 210-acre campus or our NCAA-level hockey environment, Go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com and see if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Hello, hockey fans. This is Jesse Lowell, captain of the Arizona Wildcats, and you are listening to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Oklahoma Sooners Hockey, celebrating 20 years of big hits, 20 years of big saves, and 20 years of big goals. Go to OUHockey.net and get your season or single-game tickets to see the Sooners take on national powers, Minot State, Missouri State, and, of course, rival Central Oklahoma. Single-game tickets are just $10 apiece, while OU students and staff are free with their ID. Youth hockey players are also free if they wear their jerseys. 20 years of Oklahoma Sooners hockey, the action you crave, only faster. As San Diego State begins its first season of ACHAM1 hockey, be a part of the foundation as the Aztecs look to build a new chapter in the city's long hockey history. 
in addition to our growing hockey program, the more than 36,000 SDSU students in our many degree programs, from bachelor's to doctorate, enjoy the best of higher education and lifestyle. Go to sdsu.edu to see if our unique, diverse experiences for you and visit sdsuhockey.com to support the top college hockey program in California. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the, the best. So when you're Jesse Ray's barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, that speaks for itself. Whether it's the original location at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, or the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. Question? Comment? Let us hear from you on our text message line at 303-943-3772. All right. Welcome back in, hockey fans, to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. It's where we talk ACAJ hockey, mostly at the M1 and the W1 um, levels. But we, we dig in a few things here and there that uh, pertains to the um, ACHA. Scott Strandy with you tonight in Loveland, Colorado, where I'm about to head out to uh, to see an AHL contest here uh, just five minutes from my hotel. My longtime co-host, Stephen Marsh, joining me from that vibrant city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, um, we just have a couple of minutes left, so we're going to try to get to it quickly, but big announcement to some World Cup of Hockey rosters. Yes. That, yeah, that is the case. Uh, USA and Canada, which is what the ACHA is involved with, announced their rosters today for the uh, World Cup of Hockey teams. The uh, United States, and of course, this is going to take place from April 14th through the 19th of this year in Carta, uh, Romania. Uh, of course, it's three goaltenders, seven defensemen, 13 forwards. Uh, the U.S. rosters are comprised of three graduate students, six seniors, uh, six juniors, four sophomores, and four freshmen. Uh, and we're just talking about the U.S. So we'll get to Canada in a minute. But Liberty University leads all schools with five representatives on the team. Adrian College has four representatives. Uh, University of Arizona, University of Central Oklahoma, uh, Indiana Tech, Minot State University each have two representatives. Uh, University of Las Vegas, University of Michigan-Dearborn, Ohio, Pittsburgh, uh, Robert Morris University, Roosevelt University each have uh, one representative. And if you want to even break it down by states, 11 different states are represented on the roster. Uh, Michigan has got nine representatives. Minnesota, there you go, Scott, your favorite state, has four representatives. <laughs> Illinois, two representatives. Uh, California, Florida, Georgia, New Jersey, North Carolina, North Dakota, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, each with uh, one representative. So I won't go through the whole roster, but if, in regards to the names involved with the uh, teams that we are involved with, uh, we mentioned I asked Nick about Landon Pavelson, who's the goaltender for UNLV, having a great season. His junior year, he came from a, a Division three program in the NCAA. Uh, I think, yeah, well, I'm mixing up with somebody else. Uh, he's from San Clemente, California. He's with uh, uh, UNLV, uh, so he's he's going to be one of the goaltenders. Uh, we mentioned uh, Arizona University of Arizona has a couple of names, and it's names that we're familiar with from them when they went to play overseas in, in another tournament. Uh, you got Jesse Lowe, uh, Brody Selman. Uh, both are going to be going. Uh, of course, Jesse Lowe is a senior. Brody Selman is a sophomore, and uh, both representing the University of Arizona. So they'll be going there. Uh, Liberty's got a few names. Uh, Matt Bartell. Um, who else? Colin uh, Baird. Yeah, Colin Baird. <laughs> uh, Lazarus, uh, K-Bill. Uh, so that's exciting. Central Oklahoma is the one I wanted to mention them. Uh, Jackson Bombardier. Uh, Bombardier. So Bombardier. Bombardier, yeah. Yep. And also Austin uh, Simpson for University of Central Oklahoma. The full rosters are on the uh, ACHA website. So people can check that out because I want to get to Canada because we're running low on time. Um, so Canada, it's going to be uh, going to have Adrian College is going to have four representatives. Uh, Inon State is going to have five representatives. 
Ohio University has three representatives, University of Jamestown, Liberty, uh, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. We have two representatives, uh, Calvin University, uh, University of Central Oklahoma, uh, Maryville, Missouri State, Niagara will have one representative. Uh, five provinces are represented, uh, Alberta, uh, British Columbia, and Ontario uh, will have six representatives, and Saskatchewan will have three representatives, and Manitoba will have uh, two representatives. So that's exciting there. Uh so let's break that down. As I mentioned, uh, as Nick about, is Zach Wixon, one of the other star goaltenders for UNLV from Calgary. Uh, he will be uh, on that roster. Uh, also, Hunter Verostic from Liberty, who's a good goaltender in his own right, is in his senior year. He'll be going as well. Uh, also, Robert McCall. I forgot to ask Nick about McCall. I'm going on there, but uh, he's going to be on there as well for, for University of Nevada, Las Vegas uh, from Thunder Bay, Ontario. And then I guess we'll mention Missouri State's so Josh Olson is among those that are going. And I think that's it for uh, WCHL teams, but the full rosters, again, are on the, the ACHA website. So exciting for those guys that are all going to get to participate uh, in, in those respective countries for, for Canada and for the United States. And uh, so we'll be rooting uh, them on uh, well, let me make a couple of comments about yeah, this. Uh, first of all, um, you know, traveling to Romania is not cheap. And Nick mentioned that maybe there were some other guys that could have been on the roster, but finances wouldn't allow that to happen. So first of all, that's a shame. Uh, second of all is uh, when there's an honor like this, uh, somehow, some way, there should be a way to get that done. But uh, it is what it is. So, so just it is so still people... the nature of the ACHA. I don't know exactly, yeah. and I can't remember the nature of of how the the, the financials. I mean, I've thought about asking Nick about that, but didn't know if that was our place to do that. But uh, or if that was. But I, yeah, I mean, I I think there was a part of it. I think was, I think is going to be funded I think by. Gary the... told us pretty much uh, yeah. how that went too, but yeah, we I didn't think have to so. go back we... and listen to it. But yeah. but anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. Is that you know not necessarily. Uh, were their players omitted that you go like, hey, why wasn't this guy put on? It was a, a matter of finances in some cases. So yeah, there, there, there's point. many many players probably deserving of it for both teams that just not because of you know getting snubbed over another guy, but because of the the a lot of is is a financial thing involved with these sort of things at this level uh, that precludes I think being, being able to get some people from going that probably should be going because of they're they're really talented. I'm not saying that none of these guys aren't talented, but but because uh, there's a lot. That's I think what's so great with the ACHAs. There's so many talented players in in the league that it's easy to field a, a roster like this, uh, even with if the financial thing limits some from being able to go. So then you have to pick other people. Yeah, I think, and I think that's what people need to understand is it's not like NCAA hockey where if you're selected, you're going, and uh, you know they take care of you to the World Juniors or whatever it is. So just want to make sure that point was clear. Uh, congratulations to all of them. Also, the coaching staffs, as we mentioned before in the show, there's uh, a lot of connections to us and to the WCHL for sure uh, in coaches on both teams. So, that's yeah, head exciting. coach uh, Gary Astalos, uh, who's a Michigan guy himself, and then uh, Mike Rivera, one of the assistant coaches uh, from Edmond, uh, from Oklahoma, and uh, he he'll be there for, as an assistant for Team USA. Also, Frank D. Christofferow. Uh, will be there for uh, a coach for for uh, Team USA for Team Canada. Uh, Mike Petruzma will be the head coach, but Jeremy Law, who's the coach over at the Missouri State, will be an assistant there among the, one of the assistant coaches there. He's a British Columbia guy, so that's exciting there. So, yeah, so there'll be some representation on the coaching front for, for the WCHL members as well. It's going to be exciting coming down the stretch, not only for the playoff run, the national tournament, all of that good stuff. We'll get that to that back to that next week and the week after as we prepare for the national tournament in Marlboro, Massachusetts. So for now, go ahead and take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. By M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. The University of Oklahoma, 
Celebrating 20 years of Sooner Hockey, the action you crave only faster. For ticket information and more, go to OUHockey.net. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, 5611 South Valley V Boulevard in Las Vegas and 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue, Las Vegas style. San Diego State University, 200 undergraduate programs in the top college hockey in California, sdsuhockey.com and sdsu.edu. Liberty University, strengthen your faith, your game, and your education at liberty.edu. Central Oklahoma University, championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. See if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you at uco.edu or ucohockey.com. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all of Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Just ask Alexa to turn on ITHSW Podcasts. Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. As I said, I need to run. I need to get up to the Budweiser Event Center and uh, see some AHL action tonight before heading back to Arizona tomorrow. So we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody.